welcome Batman fans, one and all, to another episode of I Am The Night, episode 87 to be exact, and we're looking at season three, episode eight, which is called Growing Pains. Um, it might not be what you think, but hey, don't just take my word for it. With me, as always, is the other half of the dynamic duo, Adam. How the devil are you? Well, indeed. Uh, we've taken a lovely spin to Gotham, and this was a lovely low pace character driven episode and mm. we got we were very rewarded for it because uh season three has um treated us to a new take on robin and this is the probably the best the first real like robin centric episode that we've seen so far so it's a chance for uh tim uh, this version of tim drake at least to sort of like get a forefront and get sort of emotional stakes as not everything is as it seems and we unfold the mystery with him and how he deals with his dynamic with batman and alfred and is a lovely character driven episode absolutely yeah definitely it felt very different um maybe because it's got a brand new director atsuko tanaka and it's written by robert goodman and the legend that is paul dinney and i don't know maybe if it's just because of this director but i got a more mellow almost um anime vibe to the animation as well did you feel that there were certain things about i know i made a lot of notes about some of like the the set the landscaping and some of the visuals that were mm. that were there that were pretty out there and there's a lot of the themes about like like monster the monster of the week and like body horror almost that feels oh, yeah. very out there um feels very reminiscent of a uh, Jinji Ito or some of the creatures from most uh shonen anime but we can sort of peel that as we go so there's a new sort of artistic take there that was quite nice to see yeah definitely it looked um and felt a bit different to what we've seen but i did like the pacing she said it was a mellow character piece because well let, let's go into the story briefly where as you quite rightly said this is a very robin centric episode and this tim drake even though he's half the comic book tim drake half the comic book second version of jason todd the street kid with a heart of gold we definitely see that heart of gold come to the fore this week, don't we? We really do. He um, he has that sort of like caring, vigilant, nurturing protector. Yeah. Uh, it's it's something that Batman I think wants to do in his in his day to day, but may not necessarily be able to because Batman cares for the overall welfare of Gotham. So he'll check in with one witness or one uh, victim of a cruel twist of cruel fate from a supervillain. But then has to move on. Uh, Robin cares for this one teenage girl and is with her constantly. I mean, I'll be honest, probably that's partly motivated by like teenage boy seeing teenage girl. But that level of care and dedication, that's real personal heroism that I think we can really applaud this Jim Drake for. And that's one of the things that I think is quite consistent between this uh, animated version of Tim Drake and the Tim Drake proper of the comics. Well said. They've got that bit absolutely right, because even though they've changed his origin, the heart of Tim Drake is he's always been almost like the heart of the Bat family. He was always the caring one, the kind one, the nice one. Um, and that's really good this week, because like you said, it's part raging hormones because he's a teenager and she's a teenager. But that could have come across as creepy stalkerish. I didn't feel that at all. The writing mm -hmm. and the animation was that good that all I got was this kid seeing someone who needs help and pulling out all the stops to give that help. And that was really, really different, really, really refreshing and very well handled. Yeah, I think there was also an element of um, the performance as well. Cause oh, definitely. There was no sense in the way he delivered his lines that it was sort of insidious or 
like trying to trying to stalk, trying to be all up in like her business. He was just there, caring, concerned, and just checking in. So there's a lot of good attentiveness there. He's, he was he was listening and trying to like guide and direct her as she tried her best to try and remember. So he he was a real protector there, and that's exactly the kind of thing he wants um, wants to train, wants to learn from from Batman. Absolutely. But let's not forget, I mean, we were talking about how kind, caring and lovely Tim is. We can't take away from the fact that he is frigging awesome in this episode. The scene with the biker gang and him taking them all on single handed. He's got to be what, like 13, 14 at the most. Something like that. And And, yeah, just like using the bikes as a weapon, sort of flipping over them in true Tim Drake sort of true Tim Drake acrobatics. but. That sort of like streetwise fighting dirty feels very Jason Todd as well, which is just another indicator of how they blended the two other Robins together, sort of. And also the use anything at hand, like you said, using the motorbikes was vintage Batman. So he's clearly learned very well. And we've said it on previous um, shows on this season that the training of uh, Barbara and uh, Tim has been exemplary. You can see it from the non-verbal communication, the uh, training montage in the cave with Barbara. It seems like Batman's really, um, maybe, like you very cleverly said, has lost the Jason Todd behind the scenes, and that's why he's making sure that this new team is rock solid. Yeah, and uh, it's never going to be an easy challenge for him to get them up to those kinds of standards, because in a life-or-death situation that uh, superheroes like this would be in, things may come apart and things might go a little wrong but he he expects the best and he wants the best out of them so we see that in each time they go out there and each time they in the training montage there in the back cave as we saw a few episodes ago um which also makes it interesting in this episode that um like there's a sort of like there's still a caring nature to batman but there's a sort of a cool detachment with how he treats Tim Drake, and that's sort of emphasized by how the conversation he has with Alfred of just like, he treats me like a child. Well, you are a child. But then Alfred's mind changes when it's like, yes, maybe you do treat him a little immaturely, Bruce. Maybe you need to change your ways about that. Good old Alfred. Absolutely there to the one person who can put Bruce in his place. But um, it's fascinating as well, because obviously we see this girl and see she's out on the streets alone, but she's clearly running from someone. And then we get that big reveal that it seems to be her father. And big, menacing, and eventually once we see him in action, clearly superhuman levels of strength. Now, I guessed fairly early on who it was um, due to one little character clue when Batman and Alfred are watching the playback video of the guy. Um how soon did you realize who it was? It was a complete surprise. I didn't realize oh. it until the transformation happened. What was the clue? I completely missed it. Um, I think Batman spotted it at roughly. No, no, Batman spotted it afterwards when he did the the uh, analysis later on in the show. Um, I spotted it when, for a moment, you get a sideways glance of the character and his eyes go white. And he doesn't have pupils. And that was a vintage moment where, well, obviously... Most people probably would have seen this. Obviously, this is the first time watching, I think, for both of us this episode. Definitely. Um, that um, the villain of the piece is Clayface, and the link to the young lady is absolutely 
brilliantly done. And something that I didn't realize has been eight slightly by the recent Harley Quinn animated series where, uh, well, the villain is Clayface and part of him gets um, separated from him in his hand in the uh, Harley Quinn episode and his hand becomes best friends with Jim Gordon. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, but in this episode, um, it turns out that this girl is running away from um, actually herself because she's been separated from Clayface. We've seen Clayface several occasions in the comics, at least separate into multiple forms but the longer those forms are apart from him the harder it is to control and this one he obviously put so much of himself into that when they were separated for long enough this character became almost real and sentient and a part of herself and that has its own brilliant um story elements later on in the episode yeah definitely it's um just splitting yourself that he- uh that heavily um just made a whole other person and I believe that this has happened like a couple of times. Like as you said, um, Clayface has split himself to create sort of like other versions of himself to sort of go out and do what has to. But they, the fact that she became a whole other person that wanted to be free, wanted to be apart from him, as it's kind of a scary sort of thing because it's like a weird take on parenting, but it's also a weird take on what makes a person, what um, what makes someone real, just because they didn't have like a full life and they were just made suddenly like the whole ethics of like cloning and other stuff like that so yeah it's um big uh, big philosophy sort of wrapped up in saturday morning cartoons which is something that this series has been doing very well for as long as we've been watching at least you actually picked up one of my main takeaways from the episode by that because yes absolutely it's definitely an in-depth look and a sideways glance at parenthood where and we've said it, and we've actually seen it probably in our own family and, and people around us where parents just see the children as an extension of themselves. And that's not fair because these children grow up like you have to be comfortable, strong adults in their own right with their own identities. And yes, there's the tie of the familial love and stuff to the parents and the family, but that will only stay when you do allow that child to grow up and become their own person. And we saw that she fiercely wanted her independence in her own life, but it's like Clayface was missing, or he was physically a part of himself, and that's the way some people do see their children. That's actually a really deep cut for, like you say, a family show, a Saturday morning uh, cartoon. Yeah, definitely. I think it's also an interesting look on parenting because it's also contrasted by um, how Batman handles his relationship with Tim, because we get sort of the opposite almost we get a sort of hands-off cool wary detachment but still sort of a proactive care there we get bruce trying his trying his best to sort of be a protector but sort of let him do his own thing but so but listening enough to be there to care and have attention so there's that tension there but also the tension of like you still need to have a lot to learn you need to defer to what i have to say and I will keep you in this, I'll keep you in the straight and narrow, but I'll let you still be your own person and make this call to protect this kid. So neither neither method is necessarily right here, but that's why it's such an interesting look and an interesting character study. And two completely opposite sides of the coin, as you quite rightly said. I mean, one thing I did notice, and again, even though this is very heavily a Tim-centric episode, the moments we do get with Batman, a vintage Batman, like... I saw a, a hint of him knowing it was Clayface again when I did, when he saw the sideways glance and the eyes went. But he actually wanted to find out 
I think not just for the sake of this guy's big, this guy's mean, this guy could hurt this child, but also to protect him, I felt. Mm. And when he was going through it and doing the detective work, there's some really brilliant moments in animation and slightly little um, noises that, that Kevin Conroy makes in his voice performance where you can actually see Batman working things out. And that moment when he gets the chemical analysis and realizes it's Matt Hagen, it's Clayface, he, and the, the depth of the emotion that he puts through in, in three words, oh, my God, mm. it's brilliant. It, it really is. We get just that strong look of a realization, and that's him springing into action because he can go into, Banner can go into most situations and have a general plan for how to take on most villains. Uh, especially for like low-level goons, his combat training will be better than most uh, most people just out in the streets of Gotham. No doubt, yeah. But uh, um, when he's up against someone specific that requires a method for dealing with them, he likes to know what he's looking for and likes to know how to deal with it. So hearing that reaction, he knows how to deal with Clayface. He's many times. Tim doesn't. That reaction was for him because he's still caring for him as a protector. So that's what sprung him into action there so that's the ultimately the difference between the two of them these two parental figures in this episode and it's just a very understated subtle but very real performance given by kevin conroy of course as always that the man was a legend and i will miss him forever mm. but i did want to say to you then obviously i, I guessed fairly early it was clayface you said it, it was almost right to the end so was it when he did the chemical analysis or was it when the actual reveal came when he came through and started warping and twisting and changing? I suspected, but still seeing the, the transformation was a pleasant surprise because I hadn't seen this character in a while. And the long the, time, yeah. Yeah, this big, like, hulking monster that changes shape so perfectly is always a very interesting kind of character to me. It's, um, it's very, like, fantastical as we can expect from some of Batman's villains but it made perfect sense but this whole take of like Clayface being able to split himself into a whole other person was a very new idea to me I hadn't really heard about that in the comics until now in this episode and you talking about it before so getting to see it properly was a pleasant surprise and made the uh, the experience all the more rewarding because yeah like we said uh, these episodes are still quite new to us so Seeing something like that, it's unexpected, but makes sense. And it's just another take on the character that this show does well. Absolutely. And do you not find it a funny, clever irony to the fact that we've spoken so much about how every single character has been redesigned for this season, but Clayface, the most malleable and changeable of all Batman's villains, has actually had the least amount of a work over. He's virtually identical to how he was in the original animated series. It's kind of hard to redesign a great brown blob. blob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then again, that also makes me think of a very polarizing um, Batman animated series from the 2000s, the Batman, because some of those character designs were either excellent, like they had um, their version of Clayface, who was just very more understated and smaller and more humanoid-shaped, but then there was also that weird Rasta Beffer Joker that we don't talk about. Yeah, that series was hit and miss for me as well. It had some great moments, but mm. I think it went a step too far. I mean, the few naysayers of Batman the Animated Series said that, well, it's it's like, what have they changed? It was very changed very little, but that to me is what I loved about it. I think they went a 
couple of steps too far with the Batman, even though it did have some great episodes and some great moments. Yeah, um, I whereas... particularly, yeah, sorry, I particularly like the end of that series where they started to bring in other heroes from the DC in this yeah. universe. There was some episode I saw a few episodes with the Flash and uh, with Green Arrow and such. So that was a nice touch. But uh, yeah, when it comes to Batman animation, this is inarguably the best. Pinnacle, absolute yeah. pinnacle. No, no doubt about it. So I, I want to talk about, um, again, some lovely moments with Commissioner Gordon. And mm. obviously where Tim's obviously met this girl and he, and he wants to help her. And Gordon says, oh, teenage girls, I'm so glad that my Barbara's <laughs> passed her wild years. Is one of the best lines ever. Because at this moment in time, this is clearly a Jim Gordon that doesn't know his daughter's Batgirl. And I, I love that. What did you make of it? Yeah, that was always a lovely bit of fun. That a moment like that is called a dramatic irony, where we make where a character makes a joke that they have no idea, they don't even realise it is a joke, because we the re, we the audience and readers know something else. So it's always a, a funny little in joke between us and the characters in the know. So it's a that was a nice moment, and it also adds to this this take on Gordon. This is very clearly a veteran aged gordon that's been through the ringer and just looks physically older and yeah so it adds to that good bit of humor but also a good bit of uh, character moment so much good stuff going on absolutely so let's talk about the good stuff obviously the, the voice cast as always absolutely stellar returning clayface returning batman returning robin all the mainstays uh Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon, but we have to talk about the actor who played um, the young lady in question and um, child actor at this point, but since then has gone on to become and one of those voice actors that is just a mainstay. And I'm talking about next level appearances here. Um, lady name of Francesca Marie Smith, who in recent years has gone on to become a PhD and doctorate, specifically specialising in linguistics and mental health, using mm. voices and language to help people with wow. issues. So an amazing, amazing young woman. But uh, this pedigree is stunning. I mean, we're talking about a 32-year career starting in 1991 and still going when it comes to voice acting, which is hugely impressive. Let's talk about... Um, the Hey Arnold and Recess movies, Nicktoons and Nickelodeon video games, every single one of them related to those stories, including 14 episodes of Recess, 13 episodes of Beethoven, the animated series, 26 episodes of Itsy Bitsy Spider, a children's show in the US. And speaking of Hey Arnold, which is one of those long running classic pieces of animation, 86 episodes of Hey Arnold with Francesca Marie Smith. So again, a one and done character. I don't think we will see her again as she is sadly reabsorbed into Clayface, but um, a lovely nuanced performance where you felt for her and you could see why Tim wanted to protect her so much. I mean, I, I did think that it was another perfect marriage of writing, animation and voice acting. Yeah. The performance that was given, it's, the right level of sincere vulnerability that at no point while I was watching it did I feel like this was a little girl that was like here as a honey trap as part of a ruse to like trap Batman and Robin. Every turn I just believed that she was in danger, she needed help and she didn't deserve her fate. So it's true to form for a person of this level of 
like academic training to know how voice work can affect someone's mental health to be able to put in that level of a sincere performance. So absolute masterwork. And once again, just an amazing testament to the kind of talent that they get for bit parts every week. Truly, absolutely. And, and you touched again, we have got the hive mind thing going on again. So one of the things that was going to be my takeaway from the episode, but let's start with you. What were your main takeaways from Growing Pains, good, bad or ugly? While I loved this one as a um, as a character portrait and a, sort of a, an analysis on um, victim culture and uh, and parenting, I loved the visuals of it because we talked at the beginning the sort of uh, anime manga style sort of interpretation of Gotham. They ran into a bus depot and then they fought that biker gang and then they fought the giant man that we now know as Clayface. But what was that building structure where it was like a parking sort of structure with the thing sort of rotated around, but there was a huge space in the middle to be full of buses. Yeah, those kinds of buildings don't exist in the real world, but they exist in weird mecha-style anime, but also apparently in Gotham because they make for great places to fight. So we got great visuals there, and we also got great visuals in the heartbreaking moment where she is reabsorbed. So we got that alternate style of storytelling that just felt perfectly in tune for the episode. It added to the whole timeless when, where is this actually set moment. Yeah, I spotted that too. I thought, I've never seen a structure like that anywhere in the real world, let alone in Gotham City, but it still worked. The stylizing of it was 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 perfect. Um, so yeah, well spotted. I love that too. My take was obviously we've spoken about one of them role with the whole parenting thing, but you touched on it again with the whole thing is you half expect with most shows where there's some innocent victim that they are going to drop the other shoe and turn out to be the villain. Yes, it was, but didn't want to be, didn't know it was, and just wanted a life. And that was a fantastic turnabout. You expected the, the, the betrayal that this kid would do Robin in. You did not expect her to actually be a living, breathing part of the villain who was trying just trying to reabsorb her and, and take her back into himself. And that I thought was absolutely fantastic. When then tied in with the wonderful visuals, the new look, the new, the way they brought some new writers and new directors into this final season, I was worried about. I thought if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But they have managed to breathe another bit of new life into this final season where again. I can't find anything to fault or really complain about. We're at the fortunate point that um, there's a lot of new opportunities to tell different kinds of stories in this in this uh, series. There's been so many different tonal changes throughout this season alone, let alone the whole and uh, the animated series as a whole. We've had like deep philosophical moral philosophy like moral tales in episodes like this but then we've had the silly stuff of the joker trying to get screwed over by mob bosses that put his face on fake dollar bills he's had fun and yeah. silliness into like serious thought pieces so as long as they were able to get well-seasoned storytellers to behind it they can tell whatever kinds of stories they want absolutely and i want to touch on one final thing as well is, is how brilliant the title Growing Pains fits the story, not just because of the young lady and her growing pains and the separation from Clayface, but to me, more so the growing pains of Tim himself, because 
we've all been there that first love that first meeting of somebody you just want to help and protect and nurture and then that tragic loss of of losing her and it's something we all go through but the fact that they made that as much her story as tim's i thought was a really really brilliant touch it made you care about her more and you made Mm. you feel her growth alongside tim's which is why the ending was all the more tragic absolutely so again brilliant another fantastic piece of television which was a joy to watch and to review so yeah loved it um more please more please and more soon uh there's still plenty for us to talk about here on this dl podcast of ours isn't there well we're three episodes away from our 90th and 13 episodes away from our 100th so um we've got enough to keep us going to that level so let's 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 keep this going because it's it's a joy an absolute pleasure to do so um that was growing pains episode eight of season three of batman the animated series aka the new batman adventures so until our next episode adam let our viewers and listeners know whereabouts in the multiverse they can hear your voice read your words and see your face there are many places to find me and look no further than this show as well as other batman flavored things on dark knight news i review multiple titles a month both catwoman and the upcoming final installment of batman joker deadly oh, duo are in yeah. excellent spots right now uh looking to pick up some other titles to review there so keep your eyes out on that particular form of batman flavored goodness for my one true love pc and tabletop gaming look to our pride and joy fantasticuniverses.com where i review anything under the sun uh tabletop pc console gaming and anything in between uh, starting to get some previews for lorcana disney's trading card game which is looking to be very exciting very interesting so you'll hear my sense on that as well as anything else that tickles my fancy uh to hear my dulcet tones on that on that very topic tune into uh the fantastic plays podcast as part of fantastic universes and you hear my takes on that with a very special guest about whatever gaming interests tickle our fancy follow me on twitter at is it tinkerer talk to me about genuinely anything i think i'm friendly we can have a pleasant conversation about anything and if you're into gaming do that stuff because it's all very very cool this show is one of the many on the dc comics news podcast which you can catch on spotify stitcher apple google play wherever you get your shows you can catch dc comics news dark night news and fantastic universes across the internet facebook twitter youtube wherever you find cool stuff at dc comics news at dk newscom at fan universes to talk to me please find me on twitter at l steve el underscore s-t-e-e-v-o or search steve j ray or fantastic universes in your search engine of choice to read my news reviews features and interviews across uh, fantastic universes dark Knight news and of course dc comics news as well but until you knew there's something you need to know i am the night we are the night and this has been the i am the night podcast thank you for listening and until next time read more comics and watch more Batman. Batman.